Ruby, can you say muskbashed? This was our first musk. We got musked. Uh, we did. We lost some audio tracks, but it, actually it sounds pretty good in my opinion. But if it annoys you, fuck, fuck you. No, I mean, uh, I think it sounds good, but if the audio's messed up, uh, go back and listen to an episode maybe you uh, haven't before, or wait till the next one when the audio's better. But uh, I think it sounds pretty good. And then a uh, little bummer news. Uh, you might have heard the cold tag last episode, which was really good news, baby news. Well, there's no baby news anymore because we lost the baby and <laughs> try enjoying the, try having a laugh after that one. That's Kaufman, baby. Start off the track with that. But, uh, you know, we, we still love and we still nothing we can do about it. And Ruby, after hearing that, the audio of the intro talking about the audio is actually worse than the audio. So for those of you, the audio even sounds better than this audio. And I know I could have just re-recorded that audio. That one's easy, right? But, yeah, dirt. It's all dirt. <laughs> Rudy. Oh, Rudy's about to bite you in the face. Well now, Ruby, we just need to keep talking until the audio track finishes, because there's crescendo and there's... You know what crescendo means? Give me that face. Oh, dog bone. I think the track is done. Every day, life asks you the same question. What are you going to try today? Jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. So how do I, let me, let me introduce it. Welcome well, to the we, Jerk Practice podcast. podcast. Welcome yeah. to the Jerk. <laughs> I tried to start it, I never started. And it's coming from my, like, geriatric cruise encrusted lungs. Didn't use enough Purell. <laughs> so everybody, I'm, I apologize for my voice, but. Welcome to the, jerk, the, welcome to the jerk Practice Podcast. <laughs> Daddy H. Uh, Casey. Casey. Should we just, okay. should we just, hit, name and should we just start over with the uh, whole Casey Van podcast, Heel. rename it something, Born. start episode one? Did I look like I was going to say something and, and make you I reconsider? Was waiting, Henny. I thought Henny was coming. Ah, I never jump in. I always wait. It was the, I, I saw it in your eyes, Henny. I I'm always the closer. Henning's here. Also. Oh, Hi. Henny's here. We win. We win. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Uh, my name is Casey, and I am here as well. Right. And also, oh, right. it's a very I'm somber so experience, apparently. Uh, Don't steal my spot. Uh, and I'm Hans. <laughs> and Henning. Hi. And welcome to the Direct Practice Podcast. I'm Hans. I'm Casey. Uh, Casey, sorry. And hey. Kaufman, baby. Kaufman. We got to keep it going for the full hour. 
<coughs> just an entire introduction. I mean, that goes back to episode one of we don't know how to introduce ourselves course, or anything. And why would why so, why change what's why change what's moderately working for a few people? Um, <laughs> what I was gonna say is, oh, so to. I, I thought of the most amazing invention today since we were on the topic of babies and everything. And yeah. so like we were saying, Ruby's getting her teeth, uh, top teeth, obviously a painful experience. Um, she was just on the cruise with us where we had were requested a crib for our room and they mm-hmm. had like, they're called, um, what are they called? They're like the pack and plays. Uh, yeah. And, and it works as a crib. So it's just a portable crib. They brought it in, and I was like, excuse me, Stimpy, Ren, can you take your dumpster bed out of our room? It was so beautiful. Just, I was like, if you're going to give us the most stained mattress I've ever seen, put a sheet on it. Like, yeah, this yeah. isn't steerage on the Titanic. It? So, we're like, we, <laughs> yes. We tear war on this thing. You're like, mm, ooh, how many voyages is this? Ooh. Um, uh, we will not be needing this. Can you bring us a different one? And they brought the other one with uh, two sheets on it, and it was outrageously filthy. So we're like, no, you can take it. Uh, and then so she can just sleep with us. So this is the preface of where I'm at now. So there's that compounded with we just packed um, like 30 of these to-go pouches that are all like mm-hmm. their baby food pouches. So it's like one is beets. So imagine it's two vegetables yeah. and a fruit. And yeah. I would imagine there's 60% fruit and the other percentage is vegetables. So they get their vegetables, yeah. but it's a sweet treat. But that's what we had to feed her. Yeah. So she's living the dream, sleeping between us, nice and warm, luxury, yeah. drinking these sweet treats. And then oh, she yeah. starts to get her teeth. <clears throat> and now we're home. She's not getting the sweet pouches. She's having to go back in her crib. She's still getting her teeth. And while I can empathize with having to go back to a routine that's not as fun, I can understand having to go back to eating food that's more nutritious and wholesome. And I can empathize with the concept of getting ripping through your gums. I'm only human. And while I'm not reactionary, the alarm bells going off in my head when this when this screaming keeps happening and happening and happening <laughs> yeah. because you feel incredibly guilty just by having the thoughts in your head of like i guess this i guess this is how it i guess this is i guess it's over like i or like yeah. i guess these are how terrible things happen because my brain was just like it was a rinse to me like all of a sudden you zoom into my brain and it's throbbing so i was like I just, why well, I lose my mind? Because she's in, she's so upset. She didn't get to bed for like two hours last night, which is very unusual. Dad talk, dad talk, dad talk. But I was like, oh my god, headphones that you can focus into the frequency of a baby's <laughs> cries, and then you won't hear the baby cry. Also, I guess dangerous. But <laughs> when when you're in. You know, but so uh, I was across the way, we're having dinner at my neighbor's and he, and I was like, what a far-fetched, crazy, musky invention. He goes, I got those in the other room. 
You know what? <laughs> he goes, yeah, those are a thing. You know, what? And he pulls out these headphones, these Bose headphones, that he can focus into whomever's voice or frequency you want. <laughs> and he put them on my head. And he's like, yeah, when I'm working, because he works at home, he's like, I put these on because, you know, I got to work. And there's no, I was like, this is, what is this? What is this? What? What's, this what's is permanent happening midnight. to me? Yeah. So that is a thing. Right? I mean, there's just there's noise canceling headphones, but these sound like like does he have to actually go around to the annoying person and say, hey, let me get a little sample. So I could hear avocado. I could hear him and Meg and uh, his wife fine, and I could not hear. I could hear just, and it's actually good because you could hear um, their daughter faintly. So I was like. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds awful. It sounds awful saying it out loud, but it's, it's hallelujah. Potency canceling headphones. Like, I mean, isn't it brilliant? It doesn't make you the fact that your brain works on a level that the most searing, yeah. <laughs> noxious, which doesn't work to describe audio, yeah, uh, vocalizations in the world at a constancy that is otherworldly starts to wear on your nerves a while um it's not far-fetched to say we should get something to to work on that um do you guys have something that can cancel out lightning because what you're telling me is like i can't lightning in my ear i get one the bolt but people so this like as he was telling me about it people have these in cities, and they can use it to cancel out um, the subway. Sirens. And sirens mm-hmm. and stuff like that, yeah. So while, yeah, it is a little offensive to go up to your own child and be like, pinch him. <laughs> me, 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 Give me a few squeaks, turd. <laughs> just drum that belly. Like, just give me a couple decibels. Oh, but. but I'm being very good, Dad. Why would I scream now? Just scream, goddammit. It's I, I will say, um Yeah, man. Uh it, it's she literally she legitimately started getting her teeth in the worst way about five days in the cruise, and that is um it's cruise killer, baby. Oh, for yeah. everyone, for her mostly, obviously, but that's intense. She had her first like, this is so fucking boring to anybody listening. Because I was just about to say, she got her first fever and took medicine. So let's, <laughs> anybody else got something? How about that Subway commercial? Maybe the greatest piece of, can you call piece it cinema? Anything, yeah. I've ever seen. I know I've talking up Monrovia the last few weeks, but that Subway commercial. I wish. You had the most. Yeah. Speaking like, of things that are unnecessarily long. No, Henny. I'm telling and, you, there should have been a, you know, at the end of Marvel movies after the credits where they have yes. uh, a, like a little clip of things going on. All of Monrovia yeah. should have happened and then the credits and then it should have been a subway ad. That's how long <laughs> it should have been. That whole movie was a subway ad. The whole movie was a subway ad. Yes. And a little, whole movie credits then logo for Subway. How great would that have been? Smiling. Uh, it's like Thanos snaps and then everyone just gets a sandwich. 
Ooh. It was like, <laughs> and, instead of your empty bassinet where your child was because he snapped it out, it was like, ooh, a cold cut combo. And the rings ooh. on his hand were a red onion, a black olive, a peppercini, um, a piece of Swiss cheese, and a, a, a squirt of mayo. That's hey. an impossibly big olive ring. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, off of each finger, it's a black olive each. That's uh, Christianity, and that's uh, oh Thanos, you're the worst. I think Thanos is blind. He doesn't know he just has produce on his fingers. <laughs> Sucking a cabbage. I thought it was a gauntlet. It's just a cabbage. He just cooked his arm into a loaf of bread, <laughs> like that knife. Just remember that when somebody got their Subway sandwich and it was a, a, a bread knife cooked into their Subway loaf? Oh, that would have been amazing. Like, that's the thing. Like, you take a bite, you're like, yeah, there's a fucking knife in here, dude. A 12 inch long, like <laughs> yeah, the perfect. That had to be. That yeah. had to be some disgruntled situation happening there. But, yeah, to be able to, to get the perfectly knife sized loaf, it was like. Um, can I get my um, uh, meatloaf uh, or my meatball hoagie? Uh, oh, two footer, please. And the guy's like, <laughs> I got it. I got your two foot meatloaf hoagie. Foot long. Don't get it in hand. You can't because there's no knife. Don't um, I... don't let me get too off track. So context is key. Casey, you sent us. It was yesterday mm-hmm. or the day before. One of the legitimately most amazing commercials I've ever yeah. seen. Pierre Johnson and Mir. Uh, yeah. For any of you who haven't listened to it, you need to check it out. But Casey, you can go ahead and describe yeah. it. Uh, oh, they so, find it first. Oh yeah, how'd you find it? How would I they found find it, because it? Oh, oh. My my wife Ash was like, "You have to," and it was like a game. She was like, "I'm going to show you a commercial." And I want you to right now pre-guess what it could be, and then as you watch it, like you can amend your, you know, answer. So she played it, and it's just very. What was like, your pre-guess? Beautiful. Sorry, what was your pre-guess? I don't. <coughs> like I was like I, like Ford. I was silent. I was just based on like nice. the first Joel, image, nice. like the first like couple seconds. You're like. It's going to be Ford or Chevrolet, and you watch it, and this commercial is so epic. It's just this couple. It's a young young man and a young woman as they, like, go through their entire life, and they, like, fall in love and fall out of love and, like, meet each other again and, like, do crazy things. The dude becomes an emo punk for a little bit. Beautiful music. Beautiful music. And like, it has that patina, like that rough patina, and like things are out of focus. And you're like, holy shit, this is like a, this is someone's life. We're watching someone's life unfold. And they're falling in love and they're falling out of love. It's like the, (laughs) you know, like that, uh, that monologue that Brian Cox gives in. You know, uh, I feel bad before we oh we had so much talk of it. No, it's too spoiled. I was gonna say people aren't gonna be able to give their guess, but it doesn't it doesn't ruin how amazing the commercial is. Uh, uh, she, she wants these kids and like 
in and out of focus and they fall in and out of love and fall in it. Like, uh, and you're like, what the fuck is happening? And then the guy goes to war and comes back and like she becomes a nurse and does something like that's not what happens, but like that's like the the tone of the commercial. And then finally they meet and you're like, I think they're gonna like get married. Right. And then the guy like takes a break and is like, before I propose to my wife, I need to take a pit stop. And then there's an out of focus like brimmed hat and you're like, is that fucking subway? And the motherfucker stopped to get a Subway sandwich. It was his fucking Subway commercial. So perfect. So glad they took that leap. Was there a tagline? Like, no. Women come and go, but Subway's always there. It just said Subway. It said Subway Eat Fresh, right? Or no. uh, uh, It said, it said, um, because life is made of choices, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It had to do with, like, (laughs) Yeah, there was. Sure, sure. Like, how many choices? How many combos can you make? Multi grains, white, <laughs> wheat. My guess can was I get the um, loaf with the knife in it, please. Knife loaves. My guess was Scientology, but I knew that was wrong. As soon as somebody was like, "You won't believe what it is," because I think when, as soon as I started watching, I was like, "Well, that's a reasonable." I think a, a, a religion. Or oh my god, we could redo it for for Lutheranism. You could, yeah. And it'd be well. And they they, they had a lot of shots in a bathroom, like when this like, and what I'm describing, like they go the full thing, like this whole kid's life. It's two and a half so minutes. You see long. this like this young kid in a bathroom, and I was like, I think they're gonna sell me a toilet. <laughs> Cold. But then they went out Cold. of the bathroom, and I was like, I don't. Like, I don't know. Then there's a lot of water because it's raining and it's sad. And I was like, well, I'm still not going away. Maybe a bathtub. It had nothing to do with water or tubs or the vessels that children are born into. No, it's like, a, uh, would you like a Pepsi with that or uh, some Sun Chips? When it when he went to shaving his head in the emo phase, I was like, oh, we're yeah, heading towards oh, yeah. suicide prevention. Yeah, but yeah. again, that makes too much sense, and not in a, like not in the you know what I mean. It what fits the narrative, yeah. or like I was like, oh, addiction, but that fits the narrative. So when somebody said you're not going to believe it, yeah, you you would not believe it, <laughs> and I couldn't. But yeah. just a heads up, it is 100 percent legitimate, correct? Yeah, yes, obviously that is a yeah, not prime time, but like their online ad campaign right now. Oh, I wish it was like for the season finale of like the Goldbergs. whose line is it? Who's any? Whose line is it anyway? Is that even a show that they put on TV or whatever? Like, Where was I? I was in I was in the, Skagway. One or was it Skagway, Alaska? And I was like, ooh, a comedy Skagway. club. And I was like, oh, I don't know any of these comedians. That's all right. Local local Skagway. If only Greg Stone was up there in Skagway. Alaska. I mean, do it up. Alaska's beautiful. I'd go there in a heartbeat. But then I was like, Skagwegians. oh, oh, they got whose line is it anyway? Didn't recognize anybody on that lineup, but Dave Foley. <laughs> I was like, I've never it's seen Canadian. It. That was it. It's Canadian adjacent. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. It's kind of the perfect commercial. It's more than legit. It's the perfect. It's the ultimate commercial, right? It's perfect. because 
you can put anything at the end of that, and it's you want to buy that thing. Yeah, and that's like could have been Subway, could have been Scientology, could have been this Ford truck. And that was that commercial. It was like that was the most Don Draper ass commercial for anyone who watched Mad Men. Like right. they like you watch this kid fall in love with this girl and then fall out of love with this girl and then Hans made mention of like he has a fucking freak out and he shaves his head and you're like, I'm watching this commercial and I think he might try to kill himself mm-hmm. or he might try to do harm to people and this might be and it doesn't. It sweeves and whirves, and he comes back, and his hair's a little bit longer, and he meets the girl again, and they fall in love. But he goes to get a fucking Subway sandwich. It's, it's like fucking we, crazy. We just showed you an entire boy's life from birth to getting married. If you relate with relate to any part of this, hey, try a Subway sandwich. Does that make you feel better as a person? Or, what, like, can you relate? Are you like, oh, my God, I've been so... I'm, it's hard. Life is hard. Oh shit! I might need to get a cold cut combo. I I was just like I want to I the whoever made it, not Subway yeah. who paid for it. Whoever made it, I was like, oh, I hope they direct the next Marvel movie. That guy was right, passionate. Exactly. It was beautiful. Yeah, I know. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, here's something, guys. Wait on Subway. So. Do you guys want to know something interesting about how we always predict we're the predictors of this Dom reality we talk about? Yeah. And how mm-hmm. we always second guess why we why we list Bill Murray and it seems yeah. to come into play every about yeah. you know, fifty eight <laughs> episodes so or so. We're like <laughs> yeah. how did Bill Murray get on our list again? We all love Bill Murray. Uh, did you see this? Any either of you? Uh, that he abused Richard Dreyfus. Thank you. But like in the saddest way, it made. I'm not a. I'm not a Dreyfus man. Well, yeah, no, I'm not either. I I have nothing against Richard Dreyfus. But... Abused? Isn't he older than Bill Murray? That's, yes, I think so. It was so hurtful. So, uh, Richard, here's the story. So, for those. Um, uh, unaware uh in 1991 richard dreyfus and bill murray bill murray was going through his phase of let's all right so we have art house bill murray but let's not forget bill murray went through a phase where he was kicking shit sandwiches at our faces on on every six month interval dumbo drop and there was one that stood out in my opinion it's called what about bob Mm -hmm. yeah where he played a uh what do you? What's he played a a person with mental defects? <laughs> a degenerate, a mental degenerate. He so Richard Dreyfus played his therapist, and he was very reliant on his therapist because he had a lot of mental issues. So he thought it's called "What About Bob?" And his therapist is very famous, and he's rich, so he goes away to his uh, 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 summer hideaway on his on the lake. Bill Murray right, follows him because he can't boy, be away from yeah. his therapist. Actually, a funny movie, in my opinion. I don't know if it still yes. holds up. Yes, very fun. It's yeah. very okay. Thank you, Red Oh No, Henny, it's joy work now, especially when you hear this, because you have to look for Because I'm not rewatching it, but you have to look <laughs> for the Dreyfus-Murray yeah. dynamics. Um, so, I have to look for Dreyfus uh, squinting. And, <laughs> yes. Richard yeah, Dreyfus. Away from physically abused. <laughs> Richard Dreyfus. Is, just Murray getting into character. He had to be. He had to make Dreyfus afraid of him. 
Before I get into what he said, Dreyfus explains, Casey, you can see it, right? You can see that right, this is yeah. this happened. Um, so because, Richard, like, yeah, that was a movie. Like I was like, I really want to like this movie, but something about it as a kid, I was like, it's off to it's me. It's unsettling. Like it's funny, but like it's off. And I thought maybe it was because it's about I, mental illness. And like I was like, I don't understand what what sad people do when sad people are sick. Like I don't. But also, Casey, you said something to me many years ago that uh, I, I don't know why, but it's it's held with me because I was so naive. And this was like in he's still in it, but it, this was in the Feral Feralisance when Will Ferrell like could do yeah. no wrong, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And sure. and um, <laughs> Feralisance. I was talking about something. Trademarked. It rolls off the tongue. <laughs> the Feralisance. And I was like, I bet it's so much fun to be on set with him or something in case you were like, fucking Will Ferrell right now is big dick swinging. Like, because he's fucking, you know, running the show. And while he might not be in a dick, what he says goes and he knows it. And whether that's true or not, in the scheme of things, it makes sense just in the world of, yeah, we got to get projects done. And by the way, my vision is my vision. So I was like, I can yeah. see this happening with Bill Murray because Bill Murray, I feel like the guy, we hear the crazy yeah. stories about him, but this is just like, if, if Bill Murray sees like a weakness in you or sees something yeah. or sees a crack, I feel like all it's going to take is a little tweak and he's digging in there hard. Mm-hmm. So this is Richard Dreyfuss. Yeah. He's given an online interview. It's like a bio of him or a retrospective and they're interviewing Richard Dreyfuss's contemporary. So I click on this story that says basically just Murray abuses Dreyfus. And I was like, what does this mean? And I went, oh, yeah, they were in that movie. What about Bob? So Richard Dreyfus is sitting there. He goes, so uh, Bill, can I do a drive? I'm Richard Dreyfus. So Bill Murray, um, we're, uh, it's after the sh- shoot. And, and he's actually, he's more wizened. It's after the shoot. And. I'm sitting in the hotel lobby, and in comes Bill Murray, smelling of alcohol, and I say, and I'm holding the script, and there's a change to the script, and I think it's funny. So I say, Bill, there's something funny in the script, and he goes, nobody, he says, in his loudest voice, he says, nobody likes you. You are tolerated. And then I'm taken aback, and I couldn't react, and he picks up an ashtray, and it's about three quarters of a pound, and he throws it at my head. It missed. And then the clip cuts, and I'm like... Yeah, that's it. So I didn't care about the ashtray. I didn't care about him smelling of alcohol. The line... I didn't care about the line, nobody likes you. The line, you are tolerated tolerated yeah gave me shivers up my fucking spine that is such a cutting horrific worst line i'm uh you are allowed to be oh makes you listen because you have never heard something like that before it was and he's richard he was in jaws kind of how i would imagine richard dreyfus i was like oh people tolerate him yeah, but like, <laughs> so there's two ways you are tolerated can be, right? 
you're either tolerated because you're an asshole and we have to tolerate you or you're tolerated because you're fulfilling a role that we need to fill our project, I guess, right? Right. And then you can hurry up and get get the fuck out of my way. I guess now that we're looking at it from that way, Henning, maybe we're going to see a Bill Murray, which we won't, on the other side being like, Richard Dreyfuss was such a dickhead. We just had to tolerate. But I, I, I have trouble. I have trouble seeing that. But maybe. But maybe he was just. You know, Richard Dreyfuss does come off. I've seen him in a few. Like he was in um, Close Encounters, right? And I've seen him talk on special features uh, because I have no life. And he has seemed. This was long after the movie was made. I I tolerated his three-minute segment because I was like, (laughs) all right, it's good art. It's not high art. And you're in it some, you know. All right, he's tolerated. (laughs) Bill Murray, come on out of the list. Hop on off. (laughs) No, but just that line. And the fact that Richard Dreyfuss came, like, it takes a lot to, like, I'm imagining somebody else in the room seeing it. Because Bill, like yeah. Richard Dreyfuss, is still a big, he's a movie star. Yeah. He's a large, celebrate. He's a well-known, celebrated point, actor. Was right then. Sure. If we're talking about like, what about Bob? Yeah, obviously this is post Jaws. This is post, uh, fucking Close Encounters. Like people Mr. know Hall, Richard Dreyfuss. Pre This is not pre like, like this is not like sad sack. Uh, you know. This is like a primo Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, this is prime Dreyfus. For him to be tolerated? The Dreyfonissance. The height of the Dreyfus. My whole thing is like, I wish I could be a fly on the wall to watch Bill Murray throw a, a, a... like a cigarette, like throw it at but not throw it at him, like throw it to miss. And like to watch Richard Dreyfus go, whoa, uh, whoa, uh, you almost hit me with that. And it was like, he didn't try to hit you with that. He just threw it in your general direction. If I was a grip sitting in that room and I heard that line, you are tolerated. Told. And Bill, he said, he said in his loudest voice, <laughs> said from Bill Murray, he said about an inch from my face. If I heard that and I was just in the room in general, even if I was somebody of more clout, I would have thrown up on the carpet. That is such an uncomfortable – to me, that just hit, that hits me in a Monrovian way. It, 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 it invokes an emotion that other, other aspects have not evoked in me of pure hmm, shame is no, something word. like it like – you're right. Like the, the phrase you're tolerated – Pure fear, like for somebody, that's a fear. Most, it, it, like I, I, I don't know how I would react to that. Like I would rather say, "Someone, fuck you, you piece of shit." Yes, someone just goes, uh, "Everyone you see tolerates you, and that is it." Because that's if you're, you're like, yeah. <laughs> 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 like <laughs> I'm nothing. I'm like I'm garbage. I'm a garbage person. Because you might be in a room and you're like, ah, oh, this is a weird dynamic. Or think of it at work. I'm not sure if that person likes me. That was a weird comment. I don't know. But I think everything's good. And then sometimes things come to your life and you're like, yeah, dude, I know you didn't like me. But then, like, you just, God forbid somebody comes up and says you're tolerated, man. Right. Or it, I mean, it comes down to, like, you're just allowed. Yeah. You are allowed mm-hmm. to be alive. 
like eating. It's like no, no, I'm more than just being like no, no. You just like I'm a, I'm a person. If Bill. you if if you <coughs> just weren't, no one would care. I wish that I wish that uh, clip ended with Richard Dreyfuss going, and that was the end of the first day of shooting. I was like, it probably <laughs> did happen early on in the shoot. Oh dear God, maybe that was it. Maybe Bill Murray's um, what's the word? Method. He's just method trying to trying no. to get old Dreyfus because Dreyfus was meant to be aggravated. Yeah, that's how you get the best out of that Dreyfus. You're in a contract, man. You've got that, you know, probably a decent figure Dreyfus was making for that movie, and you're already however long you're shooting. Do you, how do you shoot your scenes with this guy? How do you do it? <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. And I was Carefully. like. Like I Bill Murray and him together, like I've seen that movie, I get it, but now that we're like, Bill Murray treated him like shit, and I was like, oh, that adds another level to this movie. Like it makes me uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. This movie has always made me uncomfortable. But maybe now has Mert. Go ahead, Tanzi. No, no, no. Hit me. I wondered if Murray has had a an alcoholic phase, mm. and is the are we looking at him like pre pre down Downey's aunts? Downey's this is him, pre, pre, Robert Downey Jr. How we all love him now. Oh, the Donison. He was an asshole. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Then. He said he was drunk. So uh, it's interesting though, like especially as a guy who is a drunk myself. It's interesting how if he was just no drunk, excuse, Murray. Just gotta add that. <laughs> no, no, no. But right. here's the yeah. thing, kind of societally and it can come from me here's the thing if he was just drunk right he was an asshole but if he was a drunk and is now sober he had a problem it's it's an interesting way of framing it ashley and i had this exact conversation because we we were, we were talking about it a few days ago but it was like bill murray treated Harold Ramis like such shit. Like they're like, like we associate country. like they go like they're together. Like they're you like ride or die homies. Like those are the dudes. But like for Groundhog Day, like they weren't friends after that movie. Hmm. Because Listed. Bill Murray Listed. wanted Groundhog Day to be like this fucking like inverted like sad sack like that movie is really sad it's oh, yeah. a very sad movie but bill murray wanted it to be like a fucking art house movie hmm. where it was like just dreary misery you know and what? a guy like a black and white version of a guy just like living forever but like harold ramus was like nobody wants to fucking see you do that also <laughs> i'm harold ramus I don't want to make that fucking movie, dude. We're friends. Like, let's make fucking the movie we saw, Groundhog Day. So they filmed the movie in reverse. They filmed it, like, all of the sad sack shit. For, like, it, it was inverted because Bill Murray was just a, a fucking mean asshole. Two, what's interesting about that, I hadn't heard that, and it's becoming more and more clear. Two th aspects on that. I don't know why we're surprised. When I read the um, – oh, oh, I got three things to say. Pin, pin, pin. One, 
Perhaps on What About Bob? Because uh, can we all agree that Bill Murray's hilarious, right? And a genius, mm-hmm. to use the word genius, uh, comedically un- un- amazing. Yeah. Um, yes. No doubt about it. Okay. So maybe as part of his art form, he's a comedy purist because Richard Dreyfus was the straight man in that movie, but he had a lot of times where he had to hone that he had to hold the chops and be the comic in the scene. And yeah. he's not a comedian. So maybe to a comedian like Bill Murray, that shit is tolerated. Okay, so that that's that. one pin. That. No, I don't you I, can I, I get you. fucking abstract I got you. because you're like you're not funny enough. Two. Uh, uh, in a book I read, uh, an Andy Kaufman, um, uh, the Bob Zamuda book, I believe, or who is Andy Kaufman? I forget. Um, uh, uh, Bill Murray was not on the first season of SNL, but he was on the second, right? Andy, yeah. uh, cause he ended up on a show called this is Fridays or something, the competing show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even though he was in with all those guys, he just, that's how it worked. And he was very adversarial to Andy Kaufman who wasn't a primetime player but was actually on the first season so when Bill Murray got on the second season he made it a point to send roses to send a dozen roses written out to Andy Kaufman's girlfriend every time Andy Kaufman was on the show and send it to his dressing room that's some fucking next level Machiavellian that's some push up shit Kaufman Kaufman, it's he's Kaufman. He's Kaufman-esque on Kaufman. <laughs> it's the Kaufmanisans, but um, well, and that's like, I, and I'm gonna give, I'm gonna kick it to Ashley because we were talking about it because I was like, did you really think about like Bill Murray being mean to Mitch, Richard Dreyfus? And we talked about it, and like, basically, she was like, I think that that's why he's so cool now. It's because he was a piece of shit for a really long time. And he Chevy Chase doesn't have the third eye to be able to be like right. Chevy Chase showed up at my fucking Chris christening and paid for drinks. Right. But Bill Murray's like, I, I can't be fucking the next Chevy Chase. Which so is Yeah. I'm also oh I'm cool, like I'm cool, like all those dudes are cool to a point. But that, like yeah. he was like, I need to atone for like how shitty I I was for a while. And that leads to your point, Henning. There could be – that is a pure path of a raging alcoholic for many, many years to – you have to start to make living amends to those uh-huh. – well, depending on how you do it. But you have to start living a fucking – you can't just right. all of a sudden – I, in my opinion, you can't – and it has nothing to do with programs or 12 steps or rehabs or anything. If you're going to be an alcoholic, uh, I, in my opinion, I don't think you can just stop drinking and – yeah. And, and not take any of their action to be a better person because then you'll either kill yourself or other people because you're just going to get so bored and you're even going to be madder because yeah. drinking at least drink, at least you can drink to forget and ease you know ease the tension of yeah. the moment so maybe maybe he went that way third pin Casey that's so amazing you mentioned Groundhog's Day second season of, uh, of what Bill Murray his aspirations for Groundhog's Day was. I don't know if you guys remember a second season, Bill Murray's first solo filmed short. He played a guy like his classic, like my name is the the loose yeah. lip on the bottom. And he had yeah. a character name and it was just a guy walking through the streets of Manhattan, black and white, grainy, like soft, like violin music playing behind. He's like, 
I'm do uh, let's call him Chester Abernathy. I'm Chester Abernathy, and I'm living my life. And he's just walking around. And he's talking in this like soft kind of pla- uh, um, affected tone. And then he just walks to his own grave and looks at it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing. Um, yeah, uh, I think that's how it ends, or that's how it should end. It ends at a cemetery. I think it's his own. Grave. I, it better be his own grave. But if that's not the sketch you we've just written, the greatest old school Bill Murray that's sketch. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Right. Are we gonna have, I'm gonna have to put. So I'll put a link to the subway commercial. I'll try and find that and put a link. But anyways, that fell very flat on mm-hmm. SNL because there was no. They were ready for it. There was no winks. There was no winks. It was just very dark and very art house. Um, mm-hmm. Not as bad as. George Harrison unveiling his crazy music video on Saturday Night Live, but uh, I'll put a link to that guy shit too. Oh my god, George! Okay, that sounds like that sounds like legit fun work for me. I gotta uh, find that. Henning. Also, this is Friday night. I didn't know that existed. Oh yeah, no, oh. it's called Friday. I think it's not even like this is Friday. Oh, Friday. It's just the day of the week with an exclamation point. Michael Richards hey. was on it. Yeah, and it's a um, fucking. Yeah. Uh, Oh, uh, not Charlie Kaufman, but fucking uh, Andy Kaufman. Seinfeld. Oh, what? Uh, was no. one of the writers on it. Larry uh, David. Larry David. Oh, and Tell then he went to SNL on on Friday. Fridays uh, <laughs> with the Z. <laughs> <laughs> Mad TV was on for a long time, huh? Is that still? Oh, on? did you guys not? Did you guys not see the like expose about? Uh, uh, <laughs> Not Man TV, but in Living Color. Oh boy, I where everybody know. was loaded. Jim Carrey admitted it. Everybody was blitzed. They were fucking lit. Is that which the, is why is that it, didn't, it didn't go on, man? It couldn't it live. Out. Homie did play. Homie did play that. Homie the played bomb. too much. Of course, they were doing drugs. It was like the late eighties, early nineties, and they're no. Like, it wasn't um it wasn't it wasn't shakespeare they had cue cards <laughs> i saw the like i read the clip it was jim carrey's like we did a lot of drugs i was like yeah no shit here's my reaction no wonder you guys did a lot of cocaine no i, I believe it if there's here's the in living color news that gets my reaction that's like wait what 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 um on in living color uh, the expose. So we heard a lot about Saturday Night Live and their drug use and alcohol use. So we made sure that there was no extracurriculars, drugs, alcohol. We did testing on set. It was a completely clean <laughs> set. I go, oh my god, you guys were fine when you wrote that dog shit. Call me the clown. I hope he had mushrooms in his butthole when he was fucking writing that shit. You had a fucking sketch where you just had a guy in a headlock and he played a black potato head that was a detective. (laughs) You fucking handicapped. You made a black man play a retarded person play a superhero called Handyman. Ooh, wow. And he oh, yeah. fell out of a window at every instant that was possible. Oh, you guys weren't stone cold sober? Nah, nah, I don't believe it. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, what? Uh, yeah, uh, of course. But what? So 
Wait a minute. The real question we should be asking is, who's asking questions about in living color? <laughs> got this hot take. Founded documentary about himself. It always ends with his art. Is there? Um, I always thought this, and I'm. Sh- it cannot be an original thought, and it's probably a thought that's not necessary, and it's probably a thought of me going too deep into uh, sociological dynamics or something. But I was like, does it have to on a, on a primarily um, on a show that's primarily made up of people of color, including uh, black writers, producers, uh, directors, creators, mm-hmm. everything? Does the most outlandishly famous person have to be the one white guy on the show i mean that is just like some yeah dude i mean come on it's no i that that vanilla ice parody that put him over the top that endeared him he plays the like tough lady with the pasties like you're gonna kill you with my lady vera de milo vera de milo that's it like I'm the ugly. Like yeah, no, you're right. Like how how was the only rising star of that show the fucking one white guy? Because he could do anything. He did every impression. He could do whatever. I guess it's that, not fair. It's not fair. Because he had to be every white guy on that show. Oh, maybe he you're got saying? He had to play every oh, every white guy. To do yeah. What an interesting <laughs> theory. He no. ended up getting the most screen time because he... But honestly, I wasn't in Living Color Man. He's not the Phil Hartman of that show. He is. Like, that's who they cast him as. And SNL is, a, like, predominantly a white guy show. But I would say Jim Carrey was the Phil Hartman of In Living Color. I wish they had inverted it. And, like, Phil Hartman was the fucking Jim Carrey of In Living Color. Then we would have had, like, Phil Hartman, Pet Detective? okay all right i can see that like there's a universe where that happened and like phil hartman is the dude phil hartman was in dumb and dumber that doesn't make it a worse movie it makes it a different movie but like phil hartman could have been fucking jim carrey's character in dumb and dumber no you know what as i'm thinking about it every time every time like jim carrey's getting a lot more credit than he deserves like let's just say it was phil hartman and uh we live in the same universe two things (laughs) we need phil hartman pet detective shirts henning maybe maybe a (laughs) maybe a wedding tchotchke and two um uh the thing i don't think that would work with phil hartman and dumb and dumber is as i recall every time he played somebody dumb he played it a little too spicy. He always did a, a. He played it a little too classic. Eyes crossed with a duh. Is he like a like a Chico Marx sort of? Yeah, like he's always, he had always too much. He had too much gravitas to stuff down to yeah. get there. You know. Yeah. Oh, he wouldn't. He had too far to go. But that's Dumb and Dumber. I could see a Phil Hartman pet detective. So he had to overcome and say, Oh, yeah. oh totally. But he would like. It'd be a little more suit and tie, like it'd be a little fancier, but it would have been the same movie. More new. Phil Hartman, Pet Detective. I'm telling you, let's rewrite history tonight, uh, fellas. Mister uh, Dance, I, I don't take my work home with me. <laughs> nah, that's not a Hartman. Who can do a Hartman? Show me the guy that <laughs> does a good, good question, Hartman. Actually. That is a good question. Oh man, if one of the three of us can pull this out of the bag. 
we uh i'll see you guys in hollywood well you see him on uh studio 8h if you can bring you what do you got to bring to the snl audition right you got to bring up a a celebrity impression uh an impression a political impression a character you've entirely made up and a sketch if your celebrity impression is phil hartman and it nails and it lands you know what? That's not. I'll if I'm sitting in the you. audience, then yes. But everybody else, goes, <laughs> right, exactly. hey, our studio audience doesn't know fucking Phil <laughs> Hartman is. God bless you. He's an alum. But no, but we can never, ever, 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 ever use a Phil Hartman. They don't get the reference of the uh, chef who can't cook. <laughs> Phil Hartman. Like, like, all of the great Phil Hartman, like... On Frozen Caveman Lawyer, baby. <laughs> Lothar of the Hill People? That wasn't even him. Nope, nope. That was Mike the... Myers. Wayne. Mike Myers. I call him Wayne. I know him. We're, we're friends. You should call Oh, no, he's not. I was going to say he's making another Wayne's World. He's not. He's making another Awesome Powers movie. No shit, really? Yeah. Yeah. For pretty, right. um, whether it's true or not, I heard him on an interview. There was a, um, recently. Uh, Alan, no, not Alan. Alec Baldwin had. I thought it was a cool concept. He had a nighttime talk show for one episode, and Mike Myers was on it. And it was in the classic, like Jack Parr style. They sat in chairs facing each other, a table in between them, two drinks, legs crossed, kind of sitting back. And he was just. It was like he, uh, an interview, right? But not an interview, like just yeah. kind of. Just a converse in Mike Myers in conversation, and it was very laid back and kind of jazzy in the background. Like they were really going for a, like a late fifties, cool. sixties vibe. It was cool, and you learned a lot about. He let his guest this one time speak for himself, and it was canceled because it didn't have a boner party two ninety eight. You know, at the end, like it was just I could tell yeah. that you know it was a little too um, informational, not enough. Uh, yeah. Bratty girl sings with, um, you know, Lamar. Right. Latre- oh, look at Kendrick the Lamar. Drink out of my mouth instead of the dog bowl. I'm playing the latest hit with a garbage pail and a toilet roll. Doot clank, doot doot clank. <laughs> but not to shit on that. Anyways, um, Mike Myers. Oh, he was talking about Austin so Powers. We got another Austin Powers, eh? He wasn't going to make any more movies, which he doesn't have to. So he says. But for whatever reason, his wife let his son, he's got one son, um, who's like six or seven now, start watching the Austin Powers movies, and he's enamored with them. He's like, those are so good. So he's like, I'll make you another one. He's like, you got to do that. He's making another one. I'll spare me your God. Fuck you, dad. Like, I'm mad at you as a dad now. Like, you're like, I show my son. I allowed my wife. To show my son my pantheon <laughs> of movies. Oh, and then my son asked me to once again raise the hammer and become like, you <laughs> what about your shitty movies? Like, fuck you, you enjoy your son, you're fucking. So I married an axe murderer? Like, it's a good movie, but it's not great. You're not going to make it if your son said, like, could you love it? He loved Love Guru. He loved Love Guru, but let's be honest, we're not going to make another one of those. Uh, But we could uh, schedule another Austin Powers. Casey's setting his headphones to uh, Myers frequency. I'm going to send him a sternly written letter. That's the new listed. 
I saw I'm him. Listing, I'm listing not him. I'm listing the idea of him. <laughs> you can't just, just say you're going to make a new Austin Powers. I would have been on board with him going like, you know what? I haven't done anything in a while. I'm going to make a new Austin Powers. They're making – it's the 25th anniversary of James Bond. Like, cool. I'm on board with that. But for you to be like, I I have one son, and my one son – Watches only one movie, and I'm like, "Fuck you, Mike Myers! Just make money, like, do it! Like, I don't give a fuck, but don't pretend like it's like you're doing it for your son." Yeah, but not many people in the world—it's a very small fraction—have that potential story, whether it's true or not. And you're a dink for saying it, but I can put myself in his shoes, and he gets a raging Canadian. Baggins Canadian, when he yeah, tells yeah, that yeah. story. Canadian bacon is sizzling. <laughs> yeah, this Canadian bacon <laughs> bacon is sizzling his balloons. <laughs> That's what they say up there. You know what I you know what I want that story to be? His son was watching fucking John Candy movies and his son was like, You know what I want? I want summer rental too. And then Mike Myers went, You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna hoist the bacon of my fellow Canadian. And make another John Candy movie starring me. They could. His daughter looks just like John Candy. (laughs) Not in a bad way. She's not big, but in the face. Oh, John Candy's daughter. You could just invert the the race, uh, uh, not race roles, but the gender roles. Black Candy. Who's the Black John Candy? No, Black Licorice. Come on. No, that doesn't work. Uh, So, no, Mike Myers, I don't want your... I don't want your movie, not to not to save your son. I want it because you want it. Back there. <laughs> oh, look at the little guys! They're sneaking, sneak attack. Um, Sorry, Claire. She really wants to hear my you. hot take on Mike Myers. She's like, Henny, will you make another jeans for me? <laughs> That'll be the next podcast. <laughs> so, guys, I got to come out of retirement. I don't know where she saw that. <laughs> I don't know, but she asked me, man. I got to bring. We got to make that. I got to look up that Bill Murray sketch because I don't think it ends in the amazing way we talked about it ending. I think we gave it our own jerk practice ending, and we're so giving too. him credit for a jerk practice sketch because we ended a jerk practice sketch just that way. And I hope we didn't just steal it from Bill Murray. Because <laughs> it would really be a mixture of um, Hey Dad and Shoes. Yeah. But you shoot it in black and white. So it's this yeah. sad sack character doing a monologue, walking towards his mm-hmm. own grave. Towards his own demise. Oh, wow, yeah. that's, that's, that's fun. That's fun. <laughs> Let's see. What else do I got? So Henning is tying the knot. How tired are you of hearing that? You ready for the big day, Tiger? You don't hang around. First, idiots, do you? first euphemism I've heard. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's why you're. That's why I'm not around you being tolerated. <laughs> Every day, you ready for a big man? <laughs> you're sizzling bacon on your balloons, Brian. What are you talking about? It's a week. We're all ready. We're prepared, pretty much. Let's see. Uh, not much left to do. Nancy, you got to be some of those Alaskan cigars. Oh yeah, I can bring. Bring me one. Uh, 
I have one, Henny, and I'll bring it to you. I'm keeping it in the fridge. I was like, maybe it'll get wet or something. It was so dry. <laughs> and they were so nasty. The here's okay, I can talk about the cruise a little bit. Cruise was awesome. Have you guys ever been on a cruise? No. One. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. Here so how dry were your shikari? Baltic Sea. All right. Well maybe I'll stop talking, Mr. Myers. Going all the way to the Baltic Sea. Is, I don't know. It seems more exotic than Alaska. That's all I'm saying. Um, uh, okay, so we get this amazing, to fill everybody in, we get this amazing wedding gift two years ago from my family, my brothers, <clears throat> sister-in-laws, my parents, to go on um, either a trip to Hawaii or an Alaskan cruise, which my mom's been talking about for 25 years. And so we get this option, right? And... <laughs> And immediately Meg is like, oh, so we're going to Hawaii. And my mom goes, this is after the wedding. You guys were at the wedding. She goes, uh, no, no, uh, and Andrea. Um, I wonder if I'll have to bleep names here. No, I mean, God forbid they don't, they do not listen. But anyways, in the broad out into the ether, she goes, oh, no, no, no. I don't think we talked about choices. I don't think we talked about choices. And she has been talking about this Alaskan cruise for 25 years. So what I do is I go, and Meg starts, she's like, yeah, I just don't, I've never been on a boat like that. I don't know if I like the idea of being on a boat in the middle of the ocean like that. She goes, oh yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> like basically, We're close like, to the coast. And then I go, all right, guys, settle it, settle it. Because now, by the way, I'm between son and husband, right? There's yeah. navigation that really does exist, even if you're a scumbag yeah. louse about like me. It's yeah, it's not a '90s sitcom. It's not everybody's love like... Raymond, but there are dynamics, <laughs> and I don't have extremes on either side. But in this instance, I was like, "All right, guys, I got gotcha. you." And my mother's not. You guys know, uh, Henny. You met my mom, Casey. You definitely know my mom. Um, she's not domineering in, in the least, in the sense. No, but if she Outwardly. Gets, her, gets her spurs into something, right. she, she's getting that Alaskan cruise. So I go, easy, guys. Let me rip up these pieces of paper. We're all going to write down a choice. <laughs> I'll put it in a hat. And as it goes around, people, and again, I'm not saying names. I go, you didn't write anything. I go, you didn't write anything down. They go, oh, I don't care. I was like, you, who are you scared of? It was like sitting with, it's like sitting with like Paulie Walnuts, like Paul Servino. I was like, no, just write down whatever you think. It's anonymous in the hat. Oh no, I don't think so. And I was like, all right, so let me just count what we have, and I'm counting them, and I'm keeping the Meg reminded me of this. I count them, and it's like six to two. In the other direction, I just look at him. I go, and I look over, and I see old knuckle cracks and i go looks like we're going to alaska guys and i like threw like a fire pit throw it in the fire pit. <laughs> so we go on this alaskan trip we don't get to go it's it's planned for a year out but we get pregnant meg gets pregnant um we have ruby we're not going on a cruise with a newborn so it gets pushed back so now we're taking this alaskan cruise um amazing uh my parents uh my my sister-in-law uh the family they put so much time organizing it's it's incredible and what's incredible about it is we're on so it's it's obviously a huge cruise ship and what's cool is we got you can get cabins on the outside of the cruise right so you have mm -hmm. a balcony and if you have rooms next to each other you can move the 
uh, what do you call it? Uh, the uh, the wall in between the, the divider. Yeah, I can't make a bigger room. Yeah, you can move okay. the wall between not the divider, the wall between the balconies. So you can connect all oh, the balconies okay. and have like this balcony to hang out. My mom's been talking about Alaska for twenty five years. Right. I spent so two years playing this. <laughs> so um, we have wait. all these rooms, and it's just been everything's in order. And of course, we're like Meg and I are so blessed because it's like this is bestowed upon us. It's like we won the mm. Price yeah. Is Right or something. And we get there, and we've <laughs> yeah. gone through all the customs. We flew in. There's a whole debacle with the um, rental car, which uh, some other day I'll get into it. I, I, it's unbelievable. These Canadians, let me tell you, these Myers. But um, so we're on. Everything's good. We look at our tickets, and my parents' room is on the floor beneath us. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just of like, course. what? And Andrea looks at us and goes like, no, that's... What? That doesn't. We've we've had these. This doesn't make sense. Oh, by the way, a travel agent has been handling, like a travel agent has been handling all these mm-hmm. things. So I was like, oh my god. And so my parents happen to be in the middle of these balconies. So not only do we not have the rooms together, are not gonna. We're, we're still in this phase. Are not gonna have the rooms together. They're not like three together to open the balconies. It's split with somebody else that's been given their room. So Andrew's like, no, no way. And it's an extravagant trip, right? So she goes down to talk to guest services. And the woman, of course, like everybody leading up to could not be more accommodating. It's that feeling of like first class, like you come first, whatever you, customer's always right, yada, yada, yada. We get the one, she gets the one person's like, nope, I don't know what to tell you. It's a full book. And she's like, but this doesn't make sense. Like you see what's going on. You see all our last names. We booked all these. They're like, no, 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 we, uh. We changed that room because we we had an upgrade available, so we gave them the upgrade. She's like, we don't want an upgrade. I don't care what it is. We want these rooms together where the balconies are. And she's like, I don't know what to do. Um, So Andrew's like, I'll I'll go get it taken care of. (coughs) But And so she ends up talking to somebody later, a person who's doesn't hate their – who's not Bill Murray, who hasn't just dealt with Bill Murray. Who's just like, oh yeah, that's that's that doesn't make sense. We'll get it taken care of. But in this time, like seven hours have elapsed. So the people that were in my parents' room have unpacked, are in their room. Yeah. And so their room is all taking place on the on the sea. On the 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 first day we're moving into an ocean. Yeah. So I'm like, nope, it's not gonna happen now. Like it is a process. Your rooms are like interesting to navigate. I was like, these people just got it takes a minute to get through customs. You have to go through a security training. Everybody on the deck with your blah, blah, blah. Henning, you know it because you were you know, with that. Gavrilo uh-huh. Princep planning you know, Archduke <laughs> Ferdinand's demise in the Baltic. Sure. Um, so she, uh, so I was like, it's not going to happen. Lessons in German. And it didn't, it did not, uh, uh, it didn't happen, obviously. These people were like, they, they, he said, let me just talk to them. I'm sure it'll be fine. And they were just like, no, we're in our room. We don't want it. And the guy's like, no, it's an upgrade. And Meg went down to my parents' room and it was the exact same room, but one floor lower. And they're like, what's the upgrade? What do you guys think the upgrade was? Altitude, obviously. There's one yeah, floor lower. Than, uh, shit. I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of like the most Subway-esque 
Yeah, it's very oh, extra soap going down the ship is the upgrade. So they were one floor below us in an upgrade. Oh, and your parents had the upgrade. Like what, they're yeah. being what lower, they, uh, which is why they separated us all because they said, "Well, we gave them an upgrade." The upgrade was they had the exact same room, exact, but it was slightly closer to the elevator. Shut up. That was it. Shut up. Fuck you. Fuck you. That's it. But that makes sense. It makes sense in a point like if I'm going to be like Americans are gross, like that is an upgrade. Like we're closer to the elevator. Like, but fuck that shit. To be one floor below your family, just to be closer to the elevator to go up to visit your family. So it was a, and this was a, so of course it's like, I'm like, feel like so terrible because it, my mother's been talking about this since I was in, since I can remember the family Alaskan cruise trip and they get, but the worst part is, is when they, when it's all going on, they see the wrong room number and they're going, I go, uh, cause on a cruise, Henny Mulas, on a cruise, you get a little card cause they need to keep track of you. So anything you do, you swipe the card and blah, blah, blah. So they need to get on and off the boat. On and off the boat, if you're making a purchase or something. So I was like, Andrea, Dad, they were just going to go take care of it. And I was like, Mom, just come to our room. And then then I was like, wait, no, you both have cards. You should probably go with because they're going to have to change cards or do whatever. But I had their book bag, right? True Home Alone Mm -hmm. 2 style. (laughs) I walked to the room with their book bag that my mom had on their shoulder. (laughs) And... This is just such a miserable experience. So they're in there and they're dealing with it. And this woman's obviously very rude. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, my dad goes, where's where's the bag? And it was such a chaotic move, right? My mom goes, I don't know. He goes, where's the where's our bag? She goes, I, what do you mean? He's like, you had the bag. She goes, I, I don't know. And he goes, that we need that bag. And she just goes, in front of everybody, Lee, there's so much cash in that bag. <laughs> I was like, I was like I, of course, that, that was relayed to me. And so, you know. Uh, like, I, I, I have the bag with the dollar sign on it. I have that one. So eventually I get a call from my brother who's like, you haven't seen mom and dad's bag. I was like, yeah, she gave it to me. It's in our room. And, you know, there's relief on everyone. And I'm told later, like, just this whole situation, there was this thing with the rental car where basically the Canadians were like, as they were checking out, they're like, by the way, if this is one minute late, you owe us $700. Because it was a weird booking thing. And I was like, guys, that's crazy. I've never heard of anything. You got a rude, you got a rude desk person. I called them and talked with the Canadian national car person. They were like, no, yeah, that's right. One minute late. It's a. it's their regular charge plus double that $700. And I was like, what is happening here? So that compounded to the next day, to the losing, to the bag. And I was told at one point someone looked over to my father. And this is only funny because everything worked out other than the room. And he just had his head in his hands. And he was just like massaging his temple, like just making like the outside I, world gonna, go away. I'm going to sink this fucking shit. <laughs> And all of you are. <laughs> oh man! So it was a, it was it was, it was a it was a rough first go. But then they all had their last laugh because while I'm laughing about that situation, they got essentially rectified. 
Ruby got her teeth like the next day, so we were like, Suck see you it. later. Suck it, you two. <laughs> you should, it should have been grandma and grandpa. Yeah. You fucking dicks. <laughs> so this was a gift from your mom. This was a wedding gift. For, basically, it was my family's wedding gift to us. Like the trip. I wonder why, if your mom wanted to give you a trip to Alaska, why? where was the choice introduced? Why didn't she give um, you a trip to Alaska? Henning, it's make... a gift. I want to come too. <laughs> Especially if it's somewhere great. Like Oh, you mean, wait, wait, wait. The gift? Do you mean why, why to my why parents? Why the choice between Hawaii, Hawaii and, Alaska? and Alaska? Oh, okay. So what you just asked me there, Henning, has just hit the line. Yeah. Of family dynamics. That's the, th the third rail. That's you, the third rail. Don't so you were just about to piss on where, on the, <laughs> on the millionth moon that I, I swear on the, uh, the millionth moon will be discovered in our galaxy, to use a proper analogy, before my parents ever listen to this. But because mm -hmm. this will exist, that <laughs> the answer to that question will never be broached. So just live with the fact Except that... Except off the air. Yeah, yeah. sure. Because <laughs> I, I must know. Yeah, well, my, my instinct is... I empathize with Hans a thousand percent because that is exactly what would happen to us. Henning, we went to oh, Alaska because like we always you wanted to go to Alaska. To. <laughs> oh, okay, good. I guess we're doing what exactly what you want to do. Yeah, but why was it a... Okay. Never mind. Henning, <laughs> are you out of your Henning, mind? <laughs> was it a choice? Henning, you have questions for Don't the Don't put Hawaii up as a choice. They're the same. They're the same questions, Henning. It's a trick. It's a trap. I can't wait so, till Henning gets to the river sticks and has to answer a question. He's like, but wait, wait, wait. Um, wait can I delve into your... Can I, can I uh, twist your nipples here? Let's get to it. need more information. Uh, would you like to go to hell or get out? Well, obviously, <laughs> I would like to Why is not go to hell. Um, I think you got to go to hell, though. I think you got to come with. I mean, um, what are you going to do? You got to come with. You going to let your mom? You going to let your mom go to hell by her by herself? Henning? <laughs> um, mom, come why don't too. you just come to heaven with me? No, but I really have my heart set on the. Uh, the the old barge down the river sticks, you get to, you get to see the the night. <laughs> I think this is a unique period in our podcasting history because I don't think in the last hundred and twenty seconds you heard me say a word. <laughs> Your fingers are bit down to the fucking nubs, <laughs> just bloody stumps. I'm gonna go home for Christmas and I'm gonna get a uh, I'm gonna open my gift and it's gonna say. You are tolerated. <laughs> it's gonna be two pieces of copper to put on your eyes down the old river because you don't love us anymore. I guess. I have so much. Um. Oh, uh, so I guess maybe uh, maybe a little taste because I I I'm I'm writing down experiences of the Alaskan folk or the people we experienced. Here's a taste of one of our tour guides. Have you ever been on a tour? <laughs> this guy he's taking us um like su um super informed super passionate so passionate like so we're we're going through denali we're in a glass top train and this guy is going by and he's he's telling us about this town and this town and hey 
uh, Alaska's got a weird thing with poop. So this town has a moop, moose poop festival where if you color your moose poop the shiniest color, you don't have to clean up moose poop next year. Interesting, funny, laughable <laughs> stuff. But then he like ran out of material and just handed out his personal photo book down the thing. So I was like, I got this. I didn't hear the announcement. I was like, what is this? He's from he's from Oregon. He's from Bend, Oregon, or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, Henning, mm-hmm. it's and a city. It's a city. Defend and, him, Henning. Defend Mormon his choice of town. He uh, it exists. I just get this book, like classic old school, and it's just photographs of his life. Like this is me. Where was he? It was him. Not even in Alaska. In Bend, Oregon. In Bend. Uh, um, him in Portland, <laughs> Oregon. Him. I mean, he was a traveler. It was him in like Tahiti or something. But I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, it was it had dates next to it and like funny quips about the person in the picture next to him. I was like, what is happening right now? But perhaps here's me in hawaii i bet you bet you wish you were there i mean did you get that option i don't think so i got my mom here everyone quiet oh my god this guy's killing me but perhaps this is why i am so visceral towards him because have you guys heard of wasilla alaska yeah sarah palin thank you sarah oh yeah yes yeah yeah so we when we were first going like to catch we went through Wasilla twice. So my dad reminded me he's like, Oh yeah, this is where Sarah Palin's from. <clears throat> oh yeah, that's right. Infamous. Infamous. Infamous right? mayor. This oh. is where you can see Russia from her house, right? Right. Okay. Sure. I remember that line. So now we're it's it's two weeks later, it's the end of our tour. This guy's cracking wise, he's got a mic in his back pocket, he's running the show, and we're going through Wasilla. And what did I hear two weeks earlier? What am I cocked, rocked, and loaded yeah. with, right? We have no one ready, baby. Right. You can't, you can't leave me with this. So we're going through. <laughs> I got so, blue balls. I got comedy blue balls here. This makes me so <laughs> sick. It makes me so anxious thinking about it. So this guy's running the show. His, his jokes are landing. And I, he's walking by, and I point over to a house, <laughs> and I go, hey, wait, Wasilla. <laughs> oh God! I go. Oh wait, yes. Wasilla, isn't that where you can see Alaska from your house? And he goes, "Ha! Uh, I think you mean Russia, pal." And walks away. And I've never felt so defeated, disgusted, uh. destroyed, landing flat. Because it's on two levels. Like in your mouth. Yes. Like if you were like, yeah, I'm still talking. He just like just drops it in your mouth. Two levels. <laughs> one, I knew better than say that joke because one, it's not yeah. a joke. Yeah. Two, it's something Stupid. somebody yeah. says every time. Three, I've been in an in industry where you hear the same shit all the time. Four, I fucking <laughs> loved it. Get bubbles, get bubbles, the ball. Oh, and I'm sure. Oh, it was. But it was, could you see it? It was heart Yeah, that's where I almost was. I couldn't even look him in the eye. We had like an hour left on that train ride. <laughs> you're just like, uh, uh, I think you're gay. I'm <laughs> 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 uh, trying to save it. Oh, God. He's like, I am actually gay. And the state of Alaska allows gay marriage. Thank you, sir. <laughs> and you can't see my house from here. Try and save it. Like, beautiful husband. No, that was me. 
<laughs> that no, was me I was being making Russian. fun of Sarah Palin. That's why, because she uh, would say that. Go back to Oregon. <laughs> I have your life book, by the way, I guess, so I know where you're from. Oh yeah, no, I so wanted to. I actually told them at the end, of, like, and of course, in a in in earlier, more Bill Murray esque days, as soon as I got off, I go, which picture out of that guy's photo book did you take? And everyone's like, no. I was like, no, I didn't, but of course I would have previously, and put a, an old condom in its place because it wasn't. It was a photo book. It was, it was like a Kodak developed my one copy. Because I left my all my because film at Burning Man. I right thought on it. Mm-hmm. he gave everyone the same photocopies of it. Like he gave you a legitimate like my mother made this for me when I left the college photo book, and he just passes it around. That's dangerous, man. It was. Um, he's a confident guy. Not. Uh, uh, and and he was. Uh, his jokes were landing, as I said. Because he was, um, he was comfortable. Years to hone them. My last uh, guide, who was our ten-minute tour guide from Anchorage to the airport, but he was still part of the cruise company, so he felt the need, or they asked ask him to guide the tour, and he was awful in the best way. Nothing could land. He kept he kept being a liar because I can <laughs> smell my own. He's like, oh yeah, right here. I was, his name was Don Q or something. Um, he's like, of course it was Don. He we go by. He liked to do this or he did this, and I heard I heard somebody else do it as well. But he goes by a sign, or we're going by a sign that's a moose crossing sign, which is a legitimate. And he goes, hey, there's a moose crossing sign. Doesn't hit, right? Everybody's uh, tired. We're going to the airport. But then he goes, but out. then he goes, because it doesn't land. I was like, do it. Do it. Dig in. Dig in. So he goes, but really, no, we uh, did see a moose um, last week going to the airport. Nothing. No response. No, really. Was, but it was dead. I go, keep going. Keep going. And, so, and somebody goes, because I go, you're a liar. And somebody goes, you saw a dead, you saw a dead moose here, like in the city. He goes, yeah, I mean, moose get into the city. It was in like, uh, it was in this area right over here. But don't worry, they what they do if they find a dead moose, if they can get somebody to take it within two hours, they can eat it. So I think somebody probably had some moose. Dead silence. It's like, why, keep why, going, you why, beautiful bastard. He got the biggest tip out of everybody. He gave me a 10-minute ride. I tipped him more than uh, Photo Book. Who was, who was tell- it was an eight-hour train ride with Photo Book. <laughs> but he, he he called you out. He scumbagged you. He did. He dick-burned yeah. you. Well, yeah. I mean, but no. What is he supposed to do? The, the, it's, the feelings I feel is me. And it's, yes, I flubbed it. So I gave him pure, pure opportunity <laughs> for vitriol. But the... Real anger is like, what have I become or who am I? It's very existential. Why did this come out of my mouth ever? Why would it? Like, sure, I can see how it gets in my brain. I've seen the sketch. You're, you're, you've been a bartender. You were a bartender. You know, people give you shitty jokes all the time and you, 
And then when you do your job, you spin it. And when you go, yeah, I think you can see uh, Alaska from here. Yeah. And but... he goes, I think you mean Russia. But, I mean, with Trump, am I right? Everywhere's Russia. He can turn that and make you into the fucking hero, man. Wouldn't have worked. I knew the moment it came out of my mouth. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't know I was wrong until he pointed it out because I was like, that was a funny reaction. He just went, <laughs> I think, I think you mean Russia. And then walked forward. I went, oh, God, I did. I did mean Russia. He just slapped you on the wrist. But what Didn't did give I... you the opportunity to take yourself out. Oh, I wanted to jump out the top of that train. You <laughs> <laughs> start punching the top of the glass. Like, if this would shatter, I would leave. I didn't look around me to see if anybody was paying attention, if people, because it was late in the trip, if they were sleeping. Oh, yeah reaction uh, just look, you should just have played it up like you said Russia and been like am I right folks am I right <laughs> I said am I and he has you grab Meg's hand way too hard and you're like I said am I right that would have been funny I think you mean Russia I said Russia I did mean <laughs> Russia yeah don't you get it Sarah Palin's from which here. is why I said it see the thing about it Tony this is there was is a sketch dead. and Sarah Palin said I think I can see Russia what you that's you think I... Give me that mic. I think you need to sit down next to my wife and my mother while I do the rest of this shit. Who wants to hear a, hear a bit? But the other <laughs> thing I did, which was, which I think I was the only one in my crew, is that it's a like a bar car, but um, <laughs> the other thing I did. So, so keep in mind, you're this guy giving tours back and forth. One a day, I guess, but they offer you at the beginning, they're like, you know, he makes the joke, by the way, here's your bartender. And like my grandma said, you can't drink all day if you don't start now. So the drinks are open. And then she comes out and says, hey, everybody, we have drinks and non-alcoholic drinks. And by the way, if you're drinking coffee or tea, we have this souvenir mug. And if you buy the mug for $13, it's bottomless, right? <clears throat> and for, you're like, for coffee, I tea. got fourteen dollars, and I love tea. <laughs> for coffee or tea, and the other thing is like it's a thermos, like a, a water bottle. You get mm -hmm. unlimited sodas. Okay, yeah. so the kids get unlimited sodas because they're kids, and they can ask for unlimited sodas and their kids and what of course if you're a kid and you have unlimited sodas you better drink a lot of sodas if you're an adult man who gets the complimentary mug it gets old it gets tearing on their soul to order <laughs> to order black coffee as many times as i ordered black coffee on the trip to get the value oh, no. of my mug uh, because it won't be full enough if you put cream in it. Black, and, please. And then, after the second one, I came up. I was walking. I went, oh, you know what? You know, if I have another coffee, knowing I'm going to – I was like, because a coffee's $3. Yeah. It's a $13 mug. I was probably only going to have two coffees. Drink, yeah. But now I have $13 worth of coffee to drink. And I walked up. <laughs> I walked up to the bars in the front and the beverage container. I walked up and I said, you know what? I'll just um, – I'll just come up so you don't have to walk with coffee. And she goes, no, sir, I can't. Um, if you want coffee, just tell me and I'll bring you coffee. And I went, oh, yeah, okay. So 
I had my souvenir mug, making the bad miffed joke, drinking my black coffee like a fool for eight hours a day. <laughs> and then I even had the ver- tenacity cold. to get another black coffee on last call. <laughs> you snap. That's all you need to do is just to snap. I need a little more. She was so surprised, especially seeing my mug with, you know, probably at half a cup in there when she's like, all right guys, I'm going to start closing tabs as you come by. If anybody wants another cocktail, let me know now I'll put it on the tab, you know, give me, you know, we'll close out your tab. I'll make sure it's on there. And as she's giving us our tab, I, I give her my card and I go, Oh yeah. You know, um, I know you're not putting on there cause I have the souvenir mug, but just want one more black coffee. <laughs> and she does that hard scratch. Like on the jawline of like, I can see the coffee scum on his mug. He doesn't need any more coffee. And you're like, <clears throat> but could, could you just do me a kindness and, and fill it for me? Who's the closest two people on that ride? Old narrator, tour guide, and yeah. beverage host. And so after the bad joke and after one too many asks for a refill – I start getting paranoid and I look up and they're having whisper conversations up there and they're looking back down the the train. I'm going, I'm never it's talking him. about me. It's me. She's Am I the Dreyfus of the boat? Bus? <laughs> <laughs> they're tolerating me. <laughs> and they were. They, they really were. were. They were. That's, that's why I'm... That's why I'm purging it right now. And I'm not even Dreyfus. I'm a legitimate toleration. (laughs) I wasn't even in Jaws and you tolerate me. (laughs) It's part 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 one of my Alaskan crusade. And of course, like that twenty minutes that I'm gonna have to dissect and bleep and delete. It's just gonna cut straight to me embarrassing myself in front of strangers I'll never see. Oh no way! But those are the strangers you will see again. Unless you got the guy, the the Telluride fucking train driver to listen to our podcast, then you fucking scorch him. Actually, uh, this is the situation where I do go back and land the joke, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Ten years from now, will you, you take the, the tour again? Yeah. Oh, I see. If He's been doing the, it for seven years. The jerk store. He's a substitute call, teacher. And they're all out of you, motherfucker. Within another ten years, you won't flub it this time. And if I do, Just I'm gonna burn his photo book in front of him. <laughs> Throw it out the window. Oh, photo book! Into the wilderness. You've been to Bhutan? Yeah. <laughs> Again, just totally projecting all of my insecurities onto my hatred of him. Batman begins. You light the charges and the train breaks and you just have his photo book and you're like, you should have chose differently. Badoosh, badoosh, badoosh. And they race off and you're like, and then I win. I have half the train and your memories. I can see your casket from my seat. (laughs) Let's get with it and just throw his book in it. This is for you. When we're through, 
that, that this guy's really nice, but he's very threatening. Oh, just I got you a dump little. Dump a thermos full of hot black coffee over his head. <laughs> this casket's not full of the black coffee that you owe me. See, I'll mess it up, right? Because I'll try and come back and land the joke, but I'll try and be like, um, they're like, sir, did you bring your own souvenir ceramic mug? <laughs> That's the 2019 model. Yeah, those have been out of service for a decade. Black coffee? Black coffee? <laughs> Would you be shamed by that, really? Honestly? No. No, God, no. But, well, you know, in the... It's black coffee for free, obviously. Like, I'm not paying for it. I, no, it's it's only I would have never given it a second thought had I, again had it not been is it now that it's not blossomed or encompassed in the world of a flub joke and a and a scum bummer tour guide giving me the yeah. rib rib you suck I wouldn't have remembered how many black coffees I drank I'd be drinking out of my I'm souvenir mug man. right now exactly but like I I drank coffee for days like I drank them out of house and home I drank too much coffee. I was getting, but I, I'm with you. Like you, you that joke didn't land, and everybody just went. I mean, he's supposed to be the funny guy, but whatever. <laughs> must be tired. Him, Get him another coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta pull me fucking ten coffees. Guy should have went to Hawaii. Practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce, yeah. Hi, I'm Jared the Subway Guy, and this is my story.
Every day, life asks you the same question. What are you going to try today? Former Subway pitchman and convicted pedophile Jared Fogle has been attacked in prison. The 38-year-old was reportedly jumped by a 60-year-old inmate and punched in the face. This is my story. Ready to write yours? Subway, eat fresh. I just can't. I'm, I can't live in this world. <laughs> just can't do it. Can't do it. God almighty. All right. Okay, so... I think right. when next we see each other, and again, I'm, I apologize, this ran, uh, I pushed us late. It was my bad timing-wise. Um, when next we so see each other, we will be in Bend, Oregon, in trying to rectify a joke <laughs> through, through, a, through, a, uh, through a burning. Gathering. What would a comedian light on somebody's lawn? We'll be there gathering information on your new nemesis so you can really own him in 10 years. A burning brick wall? Does that make sense? No, I think you have to damn go it. across. You know, the brick wall, stand-up comedy? Fuck <laughs> uh, I think they went with the cross because over. they're just... It, it's bad. He tried to go brick wall, so he just went cross. <laughs> Fuck me. 